TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Connection. I am one of your hosts, President and CEO of Baldwin Media, Ann Baldwin. And I am Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, CEO and President of The Connection. You know, spring has sprung, Lisa. Thank God. Thank God. I never thought we'd see the day. I know, and I just love it. All my tulips are up. Me too. I just wish they would last longer. Well, we went from an extended winter right into summer. We did. But we can't complain about the heat. No, we, we can't, can't. We can't. We can't. Although I tell you, some of these nights it's been. I just. I refuse to turn my air on yet. I know. And then I go to this Dairy Cream up by the airport in Windsor, uh-huh. and I've discovered that it's open. So recently had a large hot fudge sundae with extra hot fudge. How many times does a girl hand you a hot fudge sundae and say, "Be careful, it's hot." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that one before. I haven't either. That's, that's a good one. That tells like, you how much like hot that. fudge was in there. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it'll melt the ice cream. That's right. not, not too, too much. Oh, my gosh. So this is a big month for not only, you know, beauty and spring and flowers popping, but it's also a big month at The Connection. It is. Because May is Foster Care Awareness Month, and you folks at your organization very, very, and have been for a long time, very invo- involved in the program. Before we bring on our guest, why don't you just explain a little bit about... Connecting and ch- children and families. Connecting children and families and, and why your program is so unique. Connecting uh, children and families has been around in, in, at The Connection for a really long time. Um, I know I've been at The Connection for 28 years, and I feel like it's probably been there you know, maybe 25. It's been a long time. I, you know, I don't want to date myself back that bad, but I know it's been a long time. Um, the program is extremely unique because what it does is find these amazing families who um, will take a child in that desperately needs a home because they're most likely not going to be reunited with their biological parents for a variety of reasons. And uh, we find families that go through a pretty stringent screening right, to make sure that they can care for this, um, you know, child coming in. Not necessarily always has to be a baby either. I think we've seen, uh, right, in the beginning um, there were there were children that were small as opposed to what we're seeing today, which most, most of the kids we're seeing today are really teenage and have been in and out of foster care. Um, but what these families do is provide stability and love and hope and parenting skills, um, 
to this child coming in and really do it all. And there's challenges, obviously, with all children in general, let alone these kids that are coming in that have suffered trauma, abuse, neglect, and, you know, a slew of other things. So our uh, foster parent that's here today is always noted, had, has always been noted as the foster parent, um, really, in our program because of what the, what, what the family has done and um, the, what the results have been. That's really what it's all about. And there's nothing better than hearing a child, um, now a young man, you know, call these folks his parents, you know, as far as he's concerned. They Don't might. give it all away. I won't. But <laughs> it's so exciting. It is exciting. It's so good. And so that's why we do it. That's and Abby Slint is in the studio. And thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is great. And you and I have had the opportunity to meet before because we did a video for the foster care program for the connection, connecting children and families. And I had the opportunity to meet you and your husband and some of your foster children. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how your family, you know, made the decision to become a foster family? Well, we had three children that we got by the usual method. They're all boys. The usual method? The mm. usual method. And we then, won't talk about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> the fun way. And then, the and fun then, way. <laughs> and then we decided we needed some girls, so we adopted two girls from Korea. And then um, things changed in the family, and we decided we needed mm, to do another something. And actually, The Connection had an ad in a newspaper, which I think was probably a rarity. I don't know how often they did that. And they wanted us to, well, whoever was going to apply, to apply to a post office box. And my husband said, I'm not applying for a job to be a foster parent to a post office box. <laughs> so we, this was long, this was, you know, more than 20 years ago. So there weren't all those cell phones that quick find but through several operators and several phone books, he finally found an actual phone number for connecting children and families and called it. And the people that were actually running that part of the agency at that time were rarely in the office, but one of them just happened to be there that day and picked up the phone and talked to my husband for about an hour about what kind of parents we were and if we thought we could do this. And then we got our first little boy who at that was six years old Man, was he tough. We thought we knew a lot about being parents, having <laughs> five children. But um, the kids that have been abused and neglected and lived in terrible circumstances are, are different than kids that have had mommy and daddy since they were born or shortly thereafter, as in the case with our two adopted daughters. It was a struggle. But, you know, the days that you win are the most amazing days in the world. <laughs> what? was it about this effort that you took on that made you get through the, the, the difficult days? What was it about about your son? Can I call him that? He is your son. I, he Adopted is. Son. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> his story is not one of the great successes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Even I though know. he lived with us for 14 years. Well, I think part of it is we refused to give up on the premise that if we provided this child a a good home, he would turn out to be a good person. And we just wouldn't give up on that. So even if it was a terrible day, we get up the next morning and start it again to try try something different today and see how that works. Wow. And then, you know, I know when, when I met with you in your home, 
you know, and it's, it's amazing, Lisa, because in their home, on their mantle, in their kitchen, they've got all these photos of their family and, you know, just, uh, it's just so diverse and it's, the stories behind those pictures are so amazing. So then you, um, tell us a little bit about the story about your, your older, um, foster son, the other young man who came to you, uh, later on in life. Right. We had, um, the first Jamal. one. We had, uh, Dan, Dan was... I think we had him for four years, and they called us up and asked if we could take a young man for the weekend. I should have known that that wasn't what they really meant. <laughs> so, but uh, he came for the weekend, and really, uh, he was just, uh, he was 14. He was just charming and delightful, and they explained to me at the end of the weekend that the reason they, that he had come to us for that weekend is because they were pretty sure that the placement he was in was just not going to work for him any longer, although he'd been there for six years. And so um, Jamal came to us then. Uh, a couple of weeks later, they said, well, the next time she kicks him out, we'll send him here. <laughs> I said, how do you know? <laughs> She'll kick him out again. Well, she always does, <laughs> and she did. So he came to stay with us, and... Uh, he, he very quickly made the decision that this was the kind of a family he had always wanted to have. And how old was he at that point? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. And it was, he was very easy to love and be, be felt like a part of, felt like he was always supposed to have been a part of our family, sort of. He liked the same kind of jokes. He was willing to accept any kind of Jewish food we were, able, <laughs> we were giving him. And, you know, he was just, he just wanted to, to, to make it work. And that, it was, it made it easy and, and fun. And, and he, he's an African-American young man, so I'm sure that, uh, you know, the Jewish food was a little bit of a culture shock. But, you know, food is food, right? And he, he, he talked a lot about what a great cook you are. He sa even said you made a killer peanut butter sandwich. So <laughs> if you can do that. Um, so, Lisa, this is a perfect example. And, and I just mentioned the diversity. I mean, you know, there's no color when it comes to loving a child or a young Absolutely. person, right? And, uh, and and talk a little bit about, because I know that when folks do agree to be part of connecting uh, children and families through the connection, you don't just place them with a child and say, good luck with that. No. There's lots of support that, that wraps around it. It's the, um, the staff are phenomenal. They really are dedicated and really care about the family and obviously the child, but really about the family and ensuring that they're there you know, sometimes 24-7, and they'll show up at the house and do what they need to do to support the parents so that this can be a successful, um, you know, working um, relationship between a child and the family. And um, I, I guess I'm going to just ask Abby, what does she think about that? I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the type of support you receive from the staff at The Connection? Well, they're always there uh, if you call them. If they're not there, they call you back almost immediately, depending on what you tell them your problem is. <laughs> but I've had people in my house till midnight because a kid was missing and we couldn't find him. Um, I have I try not to call them. I don't know if I've ever called anybody at midnight, but I call them first thing in the morning. <laughs> I'm having one of those days. And they're always supportive. They always have an idea. If, if they'll usually say, do you want somebody to come over or, or can we just talk about it? Or what do you think this child would help this child? And um, the most important thing is that they're at the other end of the phone and they're always willing 
to discuss the problem and they never assign blame to either the parent or the child, which <laughs> somebody must be at fault it seems, but they never seem to think so. So it's, it, it's, it's what makes it work mm -hmm. in, on many occasions. Do you feel, Abby, that your your life and your husband's life and your family's life has been enriched because of that ad that you saw in the newspaper that day? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have all these uh, more family members. <laughs> you know, we were just at a, um, we went to my grandson's, one of my grandson's bar mitzvahs this weekend, and everybody said, oh, you have such a delightful family. Well, I kept thinking, well, I do, but you only know about half of them. <laughs> and I it's the other half that um, mostly now that our other our original kids are all grown, they don't live at home. So it's the other half that mm -hmm. that I almost I feel right now I feel closer to because I deal with them every day, and it's amazing to have continue to have a family to have people at home that you know still want you to cook dinner. <laughs> you I know, like the, Jamal was saying too that um, once he came into your home after you know a placement that didn't work out. Um, and he was with you a while. Can you tell the story about the day that he decided what he was going to call you? Oh, he did. He couldn't. He couldn't figure that out. He didn't know what to call me. And my name is Abigail. He wasn't going to call me mom because he had a lot of trouble with moms. Mm -hmm. He decided on Abs, and I became Abs for everybody, all the others, all the other younger ones, and all of Jamal's best friends too. <laughs> they all call me Abs, but. When he finally got adopted at age 28, um, I said, well, you know, now that you're actually my son. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I got to get used to calling you mom. And now it just comes out of his mouth, always. He never calls me abs anymore. I'm always just mom. And when he's usually dad, sometimes pops. But <laughs> Oh, what so a tearjerker. Yeah. How old is Jamal now? 31. 31, married. How many kids does he have? Just one. One, one. No, he's son. not He's not married, but oh, he does that's have one okay. son. <laughs> hey, whatever works, right? <laughs> and and what a sweetheart. And he, he you got him into sports. I mean, you foster not only these children's lives, but you fostered their interests. You fostered, uh, fostered different things. And he was a star football player, right? Mm -hmm. You guys were at all the games. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, Abby... Because it is Foster uh, Care Awareness Month, you know, we're talking about this more and there's more awareness, but this is a need, you know, around the clock, year long, 365 days out of the year. And some of these kids, you know, they come from troubled past, they come from situations that aren't their fault, you know. So, what would your message be to somebody who might be listening to this program? And, you know, and you don't have to be a family to adopt, right, Lisa? You, you can be an individual, you can be a single man, a single woman, exactly. as long as you go through a very extensive process with the connection, you know, those folks can also be parents. They can still offer love and support. So what would your message be to people out there who say, well, maybe we should do this? Well, I think if you've ever thought maybe you should do it, you should probably look into it because there's no more difficult job in the world than parenting and parenting kids that come from a troubled past and are difficult is even more difficult than that. But on a good day, and there's lots of them, there is no other job that is could be possibly be better in the world. It's amazingly rewarding to have, we have a young man now that's been with us for, I think we figured, four years. 
and he's a senior in high school. And about six months ago, he started calling us mom and dad. And it just sort of happened, and I know that now he feels like we're his parents. Even though he has other relatives, he has, in fact, a biological mother that he spends time with every week. Hmm. But we're his mom and dad now. And that's an amazing thing. It is. And mm-hmm. to, to help kids get over problems that in the past they never would have been able to, when you can do that, it, it's, it's just wonderful. Changing a life. There's nothing better than touching the lives of people, especially someone who's damaged and really needs stability and needs to learn how to, you know, rebuild their life when they've been put down every which way. So to be able to do that is, you know, you think about the best thing that you could ever do is, I think, is really being a parent and being a role model for someone. It's just so, it's so rewarding. I, I can't imagine my life without my, you know, and again, it's only biological, but it's great. The, that's the best word anyone that I hear every day, mom. There's no other word like it. Even if it's mom. 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 <laughs> mom. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like that cartoon, mama. Ma. Mommy. Mommy. Mama. 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 You're amazing. You really are amazing, Abby. And, you know, there are more amazing families and individuals out there just like Abby. And her family, right, Lisa? I mean, that's what it takes. It takes people to, you know, to, to make the investment and then to know. And I, I appreciate you saying this, Abby, that, you know, you're giving a lot, but you're also getting a lot back. You are. And we really, we really need in Connecticut foster parents. The, the need is so huge. I really can't emphasize enough that if you're even thinking about it, give us a call. Reach out to us. And we'll give you information. You're not going to be, um, you know, held to, you know, any responsibility by just calling. I think making a call is always the first step. Right. And we want to give you the website where you can get the information. And it is The Connection Inc., all one word, theconnectioninc.org. And there's lots of information. And, you know, I, you know, when I did the video work and we met another family that, um, had their biological son, and then were told they couldn't have any more children, so they decided to foster another little boy, and were in the process of adopting him. And then they also are fostering a little baby girl, and they're hoping to adopt that child and to see that family together. So as you said earlier, you know, I think it was you, Elisa, that, you know, it's sometimes it's those cute little babies but sometimes it's those other kids that sometimes get lost in the shuffle, right? You know, it they're is. a little bit older. They might be at that, any kid, awkward teenage years, whatever it is, you I know. know. But just to see, and you've adopted how many kids over the course of time, Abby? We've only adopted three, and two of the originals. We adopted Jabal. But um, you've fostered. I've fostered a lot more. And when we started with the connection, they assumed that the children they placed with us would be a permanent placement. Now, that's kind of gone away. They no longer, DCF does not want to talk about permanent foster care, which you can understand. But most of our kids, they stay as part of the family, even though they haven't been adopted. Jamal has a biological brother who was one year younger. Anthony came to live with us about a year after Jamal did. And um, Anthony says he wants to be adopted, but he has to come 
to Connecticut and he lives in Atlanta in order for that to happen. <laughs> and he's 30 now too. So, you know, maybe that'll happen at adult adoption or maybe it won't, but it really doesn't matter because Anthony's part of the family. And um, I, I have another boy, Isaiah, who lived with us. He's, I don't know, five or six years. He doesn't live at home anymore, but he comes home for Christmas. He's Aww. part of the family, you know. He, Wait a minute, you said you, you've exposed them to Jewish food and they're coming home for Christmas. I'm confused. Oh, yeah, well, I wasn't always Jewish. And when I married Lenny, I said, well, I'll marry you, but I'm not giving up Christmas. And he said, oh, good, I always like Santa Claus. So... <laughs> I like that. There's you compromise. There's Hanukkah com and Christmas. That's great. How many children do you think that you've um, been a foster parent to? It sounds like, do you have any idea? The grand total? Maybe, maybe ten. Um, and of those 10, I guess six are still, um, that's humble. That's amazing. That is. And you know, it's interesting too, because I know when I was born and then my parents were told they couldn't have any more kids. So they adopted my sister as a baby. And then right after that, my mom found out she's pregnant. And then, so there's like Irish triplets after me, but, um, and, and they, it's a, I don't even think about my sister being adopted. Like, I never introduced, this is my adopted sister. I never really talk about it. And it's like a chameleon, right? She she looked totally different as a baby. And now we all kind of just, like, morph together and we all kind of look alike. And we don't, <laughs> you know, we it, it's, I mean, you know, different characteristics. But it's really interesting. And it's a, it's a seamless process. It, what it is is it's a family, right? Yes. It's a family. And that's what you really, really have to focus on. The need out there, Lisa, talk about that, especially here in Connecticut, for people to step up and become a foster parent. Our, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I do know that my staff go to, you know, frequent meetings. And, you know, a lot of times they're just, it's the same kids over and over that they're trying to place, but there's a, there's a shortage of foster parents. So, they're out there. It's just a matter of, you know, trying to find the right family that is willing to take on this challenge and really open their home. So again, if you're listening and we're piquing your interest, please give, please reach out to us at The Connection. Uh, our website is uh, theconnectioninc.org and you'll have a link there and you, there's an, um, you can, you know, send us email and we'll, you know, talk to you, have staff talk to you and, you know, sort of work it through. And because we mentioned before, May is Foster Care Month, and we're so grateful to have the Joey Logano Foundation also involved in this month of of awareness for foster care. And many of you out there um, listening to this program may have noticed that we've got billboards all over the place, all over the state of Connecticut. We do. Uh, a great uh, television television commercial that's airing on that's right. Fox 61, as well as news segments there. So we're really doing our best to get out there, and it was fun. We got to fly out to uh, North Carolina, um, Allison, Beth, and I from The Connection, and we actually um, got him to record our radio spot for us. You know, and as a new parent, he talked about, he and his wife um, talked about how, you know, this is such an important thing it for is. them. It you really, know, they really, really understand. Mm -hmm. What's his wife's name? Brittany. Brittany, that's right. He, uh, he and his wife, Brittany, were just absolutely lovely, and... Um, you know, just for them to put their support behind this as well, because that's what the Joey Logano Foundation believes in, giving kids a second chance, and that's what this is. They do. You know, um, Connecticut's own uh, NASCAR, Joey Logano, who recently won. We're so excited for At Talagata. Talagata? Talagata. Yeah, isn't that? I don't know. I was trying to put it on Facebook, and I didn't know how to spell it. 
Talladega. Talladega. I'm, that's I'm a NASCAR it. fan now. I know it's hard yeah, to believe. Yeah, you are. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. Um, but Joey's taken us under his wing the past four or five years, and his mission really right now is giving, providing second chances to children. And, you know, he was fortunate um, to have, uh, you know, his parents are absolutely amazing, and, you know, he loves his parents, and he wants to give back, and now he's a new dad. So he's really taken the connection under our wing, and we're really grateful for uh, Joey Logano and, and Brittany and the Logano Foundation. So look out for our billboards and commercials and reach out and give us a call. And uh, listen to what Abby is saying here today. I mean, Abby, you're just, you're an amazing woman. You know, and when you go to, to Abby's home, it just feels like a home, you know? It's just like you walk in and you're like, it's like, you know, grandma's house kind of thing, you know? Just the, the little breakfast nook where they sit and chat and had their lunch when we were there and just the comfy living room and you know, that's part of it, too. You know, just having a soft bed and a pillow to put your head down at night. And, a, you know, that's sometimes that's safety. 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 Exactly. That's exactly structure, it. Structure. Safety. Structure. Unconditional love. It's it. We're making it sound simple, but it isn't simple. No. And that's why the support services. And, you know, I know we don't like to talk about this, but I think it's important to mention, too, that there is some financial support that's available for folks who, yes. who also hurt. Because raising a kid, as we all know, um, it's expensive. You know, medical care is provided so that you don't have to worry about that. And you can make sure that these kids are not only hopefully mentally but physically healthy. So we've got a few minutes left, Abby, and I want to I wanna turn the microphone over to you. So, I mean, what is your message for people out there listening to this program? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try it. And I think uh, one of the biggest things you have to have in order to be a successful well, I think a successful person, but as yeah. a parent and a foster parent, a sense of humor is, is going to go a long way because uh, there are days that if I couldn't laugh, I'd probably hang myself. So it's it makes a big difference if you can find the humor in the fact that these kids are, some of their behaviors over the top. One of my kids once took the bathroom door off the hinges and threw it down the back stairs. And I remember standing at the sink and looking at this door coming down, and then he just started to laugh, because what else could you do? I mean, really, there's a door <laughs> coming down my back staircase. <laughs> and it's, it's important, um, you know, they keep in, in perspective. They're, they're still just children. And um, even when I get them as teenagers, you see, I always think these are pretty... And he's a pretty young 14. He's a pretty young 18. They're still, because of what they've been through, they haven't grown up in the in exactly the right way, exactly the way you expect kids to go. And if you've had your own kids, they are not growing up the way your kids did. But they're still kids, and they still respond to the same things in pretty much the same way. So don't be afraid to, to try it if you think it's it might be for you, because it's a wonderful experience. And it's, it will enrich your life so much when people say, oh, you know, you're, you've done so much for these kids, but they, what you get from them exactly. is you, there's no actually way to explain it. It's just, right, right. it's just, they're amazing, more amazing people in your life. And Absolutely. you can't have too many of those. Right. That's for sure. And again, the website is theconnectioninc.org. And everybody is geared up over at The Connection. Again, you know, a concerted effort to really get the word out about the need for folks who, you know, individuals or families who are willing to foster a child and who knows what the end result will be or can be, right? 
So I'm hoping that people were encouraged and I know um, touched, I think is the word, by your story. And hats off to you and your husband and, and thank you. I think that's all we can really say. Thank, thank you. you. Well, thank you guys for the opportunity. <laughs> And as we mentioned, Lisa, it's it's a it's a year-round process, but we've got to keep. We're really putting the focus on it this month, and we are. And a special thanks again to the Joey Logano Foundation for all that they continue to do in their partnership with the Connection, because you know it's it's sometimes you need that little bit of a a celebrity spokesperson um, for people to really listen to the message. And and Joey and his wife um, Brittany have just you know huge hearts and. This really does come from them, from, from you know, compassion. It does. And, he, and he's winning his races. He's winning his races. And the coolest thing was the first time he brought his son to the track, he won. The, he won. He won. How awesome is that? Well, there's his good luck charm. So I'm getting excited, and we have to go to Loudoun. We're going to go. Okay. Well, We're you know, going. when I was in North Carolina, I got my T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So we can put our little T-shirts on and go to the races. I'm We're gonna in. We're go. We're going to Loudoun. I'm in. I'm going to wear my cowboy hat, and we'll rock gonna, it out, man. We're going to do it. Great. And you know what you'll see there? What? All these other children that Joey sponsors through his foundation, he, he invites to come, and they're all there. And he takes them into the pits, and he gives he them their own little racing it's suit. All, it's so, you have to see it. I have to see it to believe it's it. Most, I've seen the pictures, but i got to see no, it. No, I've been believe. there, and it's the most, being getting the hot pass and being there and seeing what he does with these kids, you, there are no words for it. I just want to learn how to tie. I want to learn how to change a tire in 30 seconds. That's what They'll I'm show <laughs> you how to do the pit crew. is awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm going into the pits. Yeah, they showed us how to do that when we were there. Well, this was a great show. And again, Abby Slend, thank you so much for being here and for all that you do for those uh, for those lives out there. Lisa Dematis lapore always a pleasure seeing you, my dear. You as well. And we want to thank all of you for listening to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tune in.com or download the tune in app to start listening